0: treason news, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Meredith.
1: Hello. How are you? I'm good. It's a rainy day. It's definitely got me wishing I could stay inside, mm-hmm. you know, Same. avoid all the I bad. don't think I've ever wanted
0: to nap as badly as I want to nap today, and I just can't do it. Oh, I'm sorry. Couldn't do it yesterday, can't do it today. Uh, it is very rainy in New York City, and... Our basement flooded, but it had nothing to do with the rain. hmm it had to do with I have a, a standing washer that connects to um, a faucet in the basement. and I guess that connection got kind of like loose. Got jostled yeah and it started spraying water everywhere. so Charles came upstairs and he was like, "Hey, do you have a mop?" And I was like, I do. Mm. Why? And he was like, well, your washer leaked and uh, flooded the entire basement. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. Oh, yeah, that's not good. So we've been dealing with that all morning. But it will be
1: okay.
0: Uh how are you other than enduring crappy rainy weather? Uh,
1: you know, I'm uh I'm surviving. As you know, there's all the bad things that we'll end up talking about in this episode. <laughs> Don't worry, but, we'll get to all of them. Uh yeah, but I have spent I did spend a lot of time uh consuming uh, films in the last few days. Hell yeah. So I've got lots of things to tell you about that. I am like deeply sad. That so the good place
0: is on Netflix. Yes, in theory, right. season two. Started watching it. All of a sudden, the episodes disappear, and I was like, oh "Wait, my what? God, what That's... happened?" So in my like worst case scenario, I, I have been told by therapists, guys, therapists plural, that um I tend to catastrophize situations. Huh. Yeah. So I was like, "It's a conspiracy. They're taking down the good place. Whatever business deal they had fell through. We're being deprived." of uh of this wonderful show but i guess what happened was it's a glitch oh so but that could mean anything
1: that's a really annoying glitch <laughs> though and
0: like they fixed it for some people but not others i don't know what's going on
1: no you just like i mean we need the good place right now we need it very much
0: so instead i've been watching new episodes of the the great
1: british baking show oh i kind of don't like the new one i it's growing on me yeah i just can't stand to look at that like the vampire goth dude yeah the vampire. i like <laughs> walks among us yeah i <laughs> it's it's like if they took somebody with jocelyn wildenstein's face and dressed him like a member of dexie's midnight runners and i can't yeah. deal with that
0: uh by the way guys if you hear anything in the background that is charles trying to deal with the flooding in the basement so if you're like what is that weird drill noise mm. um yeah, he has grown on me, though. He's very, like, self-deprecating. Sure. Uh, because he's a giant vampire who walks among us. I'm never going to learn his name. Noel, He seems like a Knoll.
1: He could be a Knoll,
0: yeah. So, but it's it's great. It's the same show.
1: Yeah. Oh, funny thing that I did discover uh, that has nothing to do with anything else Um The son of Liam Gallagher is extremely attractive, and he's on Instagram. Hell yeah, he is.
0: Are you uh, low-key stalking him?
1: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, you can't help it. Once I realized that all of the children of British people I was obsessed with when I was in (laughs) high school are now... Reproduced? Like, 18 or 19 and unbelievably gorgeous. I'm like, ooh. So, yeah, it's like the good stuff. I thought you
0: meant, like, when you figure out people are, like, generationally hot. And it's like, oh, weird, this hot person gave birth to another hot person. What uh are yeah. The odds?
1: I mean, the it's definitely uh, not shocking that they turned out hot. But you know, I'm not a fan of the Beckham children. I don't find them as attractive as I might, but like Liam Gallagher and Patsy Kensett's kid is is very hot. Uh, Jude Law's kids very hot. Mm-hmm. Um uh Ewan McGregor's oldest daughter, uh, also quite hot.
0: Yeah, I mean it is I love those uh, lists that they like post on Facebook. Celebrity like, spawn. You'll never yeah. guess that this hot person made another hot person and people are like, What? And, yeah, yeah. That that makes sense to me.
1: Yeah. I'm still pretty okay with it though. I mean, these are just the things that sometimes bring me joy when I'm not looking at videos of pandas trying to get into hammocks and then falling down <laughs> or, you know, kangaroos hugging down each is other. Classic. I yeah. mean, that will
0: literally never get old. Never, ever, ever. So, guys, it's a Monday episode, which means I have a great interview coming up for you. But before we get to that, Meredith, is there anything else you've
1: been, like, watching or reading or, or uh, listening to? Uh, well, I'm um, digging the new Zola Jesus. Uh, sorry, what? Zola Jesus. She's an amazing sort of very gothy like singer. She's from the North Woods of Wisconsin. Okay. Which she's now she's on um, Sacred Bones Records, which mm-hmm. is a very good, uh, excellent label if you want sort of weird, dark, uh, dark music. And she's got, yeah, she's very witchy um, very cool. in a very, very cool way. And she's she's awesome. So loving the new mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah, I think, you know, her one of her albums is called Conatus, C-O-N-A-T-U-S. So she, like, names them very weird things that sound like they might be from an H.P. Lovecraft song, or <laughs> like story. Okay. Um, Into it. And I dig it. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've been listening to that. And thematically similar, mm-hmm. uh, one of the movies I watched yesterday was a movie called Haxan. Uh, and it's something, something about witches. How do you spell it? H-A-X-A-N. It's the Swedish... Uh, it's, it's the Swedish word for which. Oh, okay. um, actually, I can find this. Oh, Hoxon, Witchcraft Through the Ages. It's a Swedish-Danish movie from 1922. It's silent. Ooh. Um, and it's available on Filmstruck, in case I, you know, which I was finally able to start experiencing. It's like fancy Netflix. So all of the art films from like the 20s to the 2000s that you could ever imagine. Very cool. Um, and it has weird documentaries starting with like, you know, in the ancient times in Persia, and Egypt. These are what we called witches and this is how this happened. And then they once they get to the Middle Ages, they do silent film like dramatic reenactments of how, like, witch inquisitions would work and, like, what would happen at, like, the witch parties where all the witches, like, <laughs> put the put the ointment on their backs and then fly away to have parties with the devil and then they, like, dance around with strangely animal-costumed characters and then, like, I love. Uh, yeah, the, there was, like, one scene where uh, a woman too. admits <laughs> giving birth to uh, the devil's children okay. and the creatures that kind of come out from underneath the sheet that uh you know indicates birth yes are uh truly deranged and beautiful wow. like some of the um some of this stuff looks cool and innovative for a hundred years after it was first made. Sometimes let alone it's else. interesting
0: to watch old films, like what their answer to CGI was. Yeah. I feel like sometimes it's it's more creative.
1: Yeah, well, sometimes it's just really cool pantomime, and sometimes <laughs> it's like very odd costumes. And yeah, you know, there's you know at one point there's a devil who's just constantly going around with his tongue out like he's Gene Simmons from Kiss, <laughs> but he also looks like he's been encrusted in glitter. Mm.
0: And even in
1: the sort of sepia and blue tones of this devil tre- creeping around going, la, 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 like <laughs> he still looks like he's sparkling. So Ooh. he's the original sparkle vamp, guys. That's my Satan.
0: Uh, Literally, yeah. glittery as <laughs> hell. Glittery, serving, yeah. serving face constantly.
1: Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. And ultimately uh, comes around to the idea that is uh, witchcraft is a tool of oppression against women throughout the ages and nowadays aka 1922 the way that we talk about witches means we tell women hysterical so they somehow managed to in early 20th century Sweden get to a better understanding of the way that patriarchy works on Gender
0: By the and way, gender
1: traitors. uh yeah
0: Penny has been sitting next to <laughs> Meredith and like very like patiently looking up at her like she was just learning about witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm-hmm, go on.
1: Okay. Oh yeah, Penny is 100% of witches familiar, and I think yes, we know that. Yeah. I, I do know that
0: I am familiar.
1: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm familiar about the familiar.
0: So I have been listening to, speaking of witchcraft, uh, the Harry Potter
1: audiobooks. Oh, I've seen your tweets about that. Yeah.
0: So I'm glad I went into it, Brace, that the second book is fully redundant and unnecessary. Yes. So it it was. I binge listened to it in a day, which I was glad I did because I'm like, I'm not enjoying this. Let's just knock it out of the way, especially because a lot of people consider the third book to be the best book. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to start like that's the only thing that has me jazzed about having to go out today. I'm like, I'm going to start that third book. Nice. Get through that. And then I'm going to binge watch the movies. Mm -hmm. This is my plan. And what else have I watched lately? Um, Yeah, The Good Place. But that was taken from me. I haven't been able to see Black Klansman yet.
1: Oh, neither have I. Although no. uh, I really want to. I really yeah. want to see it. Um. Yeah. Anything else you've been? Ah, uh, no. That's pretty much. Those Google? are the big ones on my on my list at the moment. Uh. Cool. I do. We have time to get to Penny.
0: I hear you, baby. No, I want to talk about that on tomorrow's episode. Sorry, guys. This is me talking out loud i wanted to get to like the serena williams stuff oh yeah we'll but get that feels there. like it's going to be a long conversation yes um so yeah is there anything else that i've been watching too anything you're looking forward to
1: um well i have some friends who are currently at the toronto film festival reporting for a couple of different places have they seen timothy chalamet Tell me. uh not that i know of oh, god but i will i know that um Several of them just saw Widows, the new Steve McQueen movie that has Viola Davis in it. Yeah, I'm. And apparently, it's so unbelievably good that, like, we're all gonna lose our goddamn minds and be begging all of the women in the movie to punch us in the face as soon as, like, if we ever see them. That
0: is one of those movies that I was sitting and I was watching the preview and I was instantly furious that I didn't write it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, this is such a fucking good idea. Uh, Yeah, if you haven't seen the trailer for Widows, do go watch that. I'm also just jazzed for Viola Davis. Oh, yeah. That's such a, like, not weird, but, like, a departure from what she's usually cast in. Mm -hmm. But I was watching it, and I'm like, she's just going to destroy this. Oh, (laughs) yeah.
1: I mean, once again, people, what happens when you have talented directors of color and creators mm -hmm. of color uh, making art? It turns out that they find ways to, like, let really talented actors of color do killer work well in ways that they haven't done before there's also this very
0: ageist thing in hollywood which is if you're a woman over 30 you're automatically cast as like the mother Mm -hmm. and viola davis is like a very fit woman oh yeah the to see her in sort of an action role i was like fuck yes yeah like women of her age should be being cast in those roles. She
1: should definitely be plotting a massive heist and uh, getting back up from <laughs> Michelle fucking Rodriguez. Yeah?
0: Uh, yes.
1: Also, uh, there's uh, another actress that's really good that's going to be in it. It's uh, Elizabeth Debicki. She's been in a few things that, um, she's a very tall sort of Blonde woman who was in the uh, recent remake of *The Man from Uncle*, wearing a bunch of like very mod How outfits. Surprisingly fun. I mean, okay. can you really go wrong with a movie where you get to stare at Henry Cavill and Army Hammer in sixties yeah. like it's, suits? It's
0: truly shame. Army Hammer's such an ugly, ugly man.
1: I know, I know. Um, but so she's really great in that, and then she's also been in. She was in *The Night Manager* and a few. Like she's been in a million different things, but this is really gonna make her. I think make her a big star. Hell yeah.
0: I Um, had been intrigued about the man from uncle. for a long time, I was just mad at Hollywood for trying to make army hammer happen. Yeah. I was like, let it go. He's just not landing. And then I saw call me by your name. More importantly, I saw army hammer do the press circuit for call me by your name. And I'm like, you charming SOB.
1: I know. And then I saw him doing the press for sorry to bother you. And as soon as he admitted that, like he was basically everybody's weed supplier on that film, (laughs) like he's just not a really dumb stoner <laughs> he like, is how do you
0: not love him he's a golden retriever he's a
1: he's a dumb stoner with a hot wife uh, who like just wants and to hang out with his hot wife successful. and yeah and like kids so i'm like okay man like go have fun i yeah. feel like he's the kind of dumb amiable but like intre- like he's the kind of dumb amiable person that in a different world would hang out with the guys from supernatural who 100%. I also assume are pretty dumb. Dumb but golden fairly, retrievers. Yeah. <laughs> Just a pack of dumb, hot golden retrievers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, he's sort of in that vein where I'm like, he doesn't seem like he's hurting anybody.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he's, he's definitely not. I thought that there was a, a piece that Ann Helen Peterson wrote about Army Hammer a, f- a while back. And it was right before Call Me By Your Name came out. And I... And I felt like it was really unfair as in saying, like, oh, well, these particular types of white men who don't have anything, like, still get pushed upon us over and over again. See, I do and think I think he's talented. I just uh, yeah think it took me a while to, like, care about well, him. Well, I also think it turned out that he was making choices in a lot of movies that weren't, like, he was being cast as the lead in a lot of movies that were pretty dumb or, yes. like, not up to his talents. And so it wasn't until he stepped back and actually, like... Started working on movies where he wasn't the star. That Go it became more interesting. Go make out
0: with Timothy Chalamet. It yeah, will bless your career. Yeah.
1: Also, he does the. He reads the audio book for "Call you, Call Excuse Me by Your Name." Excuse you. Yeah, he does. I did not know that. If you uh, if you want the experience of being wrapped in a beautifully knit uh, light sweater that you'd wear on a just slightly chilly fall night in a uh, the country in Italy,
0: I think you know that's exactly what I want. Man. Then
1: I I think that you should really right. consider doing that. He just I'll do his it. his voice goes very yeah. nicely. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
0: Well, on that note, speaking of another voice, I like. Let's go to our interview. I spoke with uh, Twana Hines, who if you don't follow her on Twitter, she's at Funky Brown Chick, yep. which I love. And we talk about a whole bunch of really interesting stuff, but I think my favorite takeaway from the interview is that Twana just really, really wants to make sure you guys are masturbating. God. Especially now, like during these times, she wants you to just <clears throat> take care of yourself and if that includes if you are a fan of masturbation, you better be masturbating. I Do mean, maybe not now. That would be no. weird. I, w- I don't want you to forever link my voice to the concept of pleasuring yourself, but
1: but don't be afraid to uh, you know, to take care explore. to take that kind of care.
0: Yes, and uh, I should explain. We had a little bit of audio issues for this interview because Skype did this very fun thing where there was an update. So I ran the update because I'm a good citizen. And then um, it reset my audio settings. So it was just the internal mic picking it up. So I had to go back over and redub uh, my parts of the interview. So if it sounds a little off, that's why. But I still stand by the interview. I stand by Joanna. <laughs> she was great. I apologize for the audio issues. Go follow her on Twitter, at Funky Brown Chick. See ya after the interview. I've been contacting my favorite people and asking them, uh, you know, in the midst of all the madness happening right now, what they're reading and listening to and watching right now. So uh, let's start with reading. What are you reading right now?
2: Um, ooh. well, t- uh, two books, actually. Soraya's book about rage is coming out in September. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Haven't read it yet. Um, she's in my writing group. And so I'm looking forward to it. The other one, Eloquent Rage, uh, Black Feminist Discovers Her Superpower by Brittany Cooper. Um, so, both of them I think are very interesting reflections on the power of anger and rage, generally speaking, when it comes to women or people who generally aren't supposed to be speaking up. Uh, and so, it's just been really interesting to think about that vis a vis the current climate. Because I think so often, like we try to, like you were saying with Joy, get really upset about like, oh, why is this getting so, you know, frustrating or depressing or annoying or all of these other emotions without really valuing that and saying, it's okay. We're supposed to be mad about how things are unfolding in our country. We're supposed to be frustrated. We're supposed to want better. And I think part of finding joy and happiness and inner peace is not by suppressing those feelings, but validating them and then thinking, okay, and given that, now what? Because I don't think it's possible to get to the joy part by ignoring um, some of the other feelings that we often are told are inappropriate for women or people of color or women of color in particular.
0: Yeah, and also the accusation that being angry somehow makes you uncool. Like if you get angry, you've somehow supposedly lost that argument.
2: Actually had someone tell me directly that. Ages ago, back in college when I was an RA, a woman who I considered a mentor, so it's pure mentor, we're around the same age, only a couple of years older she was, but I just really looked to her as like a woman who was out there, and she's a leader in our space at that time, and I just like really looked up to her, it's like a sophomore, I think, my second year of college, and she was a senior, but she just seems so mature, and so adult, and I remember she told me, when you're in an argument, the first person to lose their temper has lost the argument mm. and I remember thinking oh that's so wise that's so great <laughs> thank you. right and it felt like that there was somehow a weakness that if I let my you know let your emotions get a control of you or all these other expressions that we say to kind of uh, uh, devalue or make illegitimate emotions that we feel that are valid and I think over time I've kind of evolved my thinking in that that no it's not necessarily if you lose your temper you've lost the argument. One, we've got to rethink the way we think about arguing. And if somebody writes about relationships, uh, that's something that's important in relationships in general, too. I think people think of that, that if you're arguing as a couple, something's wrong. No. Mm -hmm. If you're not arguing, it means someone's not speaking their mind. If you say, we never argue, that's a bad thing. Uh, Because we're humans with all kinds of baggage and history and ways about the way the world's supposed to work. So if you get people, two or more people together and they never disagree, they're probably not being very honest with themselves about how
0: they feel. Right. Uh, and what are you listening to right now?
2: Um, A lot of classical music, interestingly. And so I think I don't actually buy a ton sort of music. So a lot of the stuff that I listen to is actually very, very old, like hundreds of years old. Um, when I'm in my home, I love a lot of just like very classic uh calm, soothing music. So I say that that's one. Um, Shostakovich, I think is really great. And then I also listen to a lot of meditation. Um, So a lot of tapes that are about like finding inner peace and calmness. I have the Insight app on my phone. I also listen to a lot of Tara Brach's Tara Talks. So I listen to a lot of uh, meditative things, which I find very soothing.
0: Very cool. And what are you watching right now? And that could be like TV shows or the last movie you saw, anything like that.
2: Oh my God, I watch <laughs> way too much stuff. Like I'm more of a visual person. Uh-huh. Anything. And so my viewing habits bridge the kind of like reality television. So I totally watch all of the ones about relationships. So like seven year swap.
0: Oh, I don't know that one.
2: Oh, so they get couples who've been together for seven years or more, and then they swap spouses. Oh, my God. Yeah, and so the point of of the show is not, ooh, look, you get to have fun for two weeks or whatever. It's looking at what is not working in your relationship. Okay, now take that spouse out, swap a new spouse in, and talk about and work through those issues. Sure. And you take those values, those skills, those everything back to your original relationship is the point.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. It's weird how sometimes you can be more honest with a stranger than your significant other.
2: Beth for seven years. <laughs> yeah, and I think part of it, too, is because seven years of history and whether you're any kind of relationship, interpersonal, so that's romantic, friendships, family, things like that. People who know you for a long period of time have a wealth of information about you. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, that's an asset, that's a strength, because they could say, oh, well, you know, you usually do this, or you kind of uh, approach it this way, or kind of call you out on your shit, which is Mm -hmm. good. One of the limitations of that is that people also evolve, change, and grow over time. And so sometimes talking to a stranger, um, whether that's a licensed therapist or a friend, a lot of the like free therapy kind of sessions at uh, what's it, Union Square. I have a friend who actually does free uh, advice sessions. I think that's kind of cool. Okay. Uh, Union Square. Uh, but uh, talking to someone you don't know can be very freeing because then you're not kind of limited by this is someone who's going to kind of approach it this way. It's kind of taking whatever you're dealing with and throwing at the feet of someone who doesn't really have a preconceived notion or bias about you. And mm-hmm. seeing kind of how they think about that. So yeah, so I watch a lot of <clears throat> excuse me reality television shows about relationships. Um, I watch Pose, which I think is a fantastic show. Oh
0: yeah,
2: renewed for a second season. Talks about all kinds of wonderful things when it comes to sexual and reproductive health and rights and LGBTQ communities in New York, which I think is fantastic. Um, I'm excited about all the fall previews. Uh, Blackish. Uh, this is us, and all of these movies that I haven't seen yet that I need to. Uh, the Mister Rogers film I want to. I want to see uh, Black Klansman, um, R B G. So there's some of the upcoming kind of things I need to, that have been out or coming out that I need to kind of soak in.
0: I'm genuinely afraid to see the Mister Rogers film because I think it's going to emotionally destroy me. <laughs> oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> I know. And some of the ones that like are on my list to see that I've been out for a while. Part of it is I think that sometimes it can be very saddening, right? Like when you have this vision of what you want for the world or the way the world should operate. And then you see a movie like uh, RBG Mm -hmm. and thinking about women as Supreme Court justices and thinking of the current um, Supreme Justice nominee, and what the court currently looks like and just kind of feeling like that can be the opposite of feeling joy, right? It's like looking at the direction of like what we have and what the promise is, whether that's, you know, Ruth or Mr. Rogers. Mm-hmm. It can feel like, oh my gosh, it's gonna to be too heartbreaking to watch that right now. Right. And so I think part of why those have been shelved on my list to C instead of C is that I've been really focusing on making sure that the things that I'm putting into my life are actually uplifting in the way that i need to be uplifted right now so i do a lot of like seeing visual arts too so when you say what are you watching i'm currently in dc 19 smithsonian museums and they're all free and so i saw Mm a fantastic exhibition of 1968 uh, at the portrait gallery and it looks at that one year and everything that happened nixon coming into office king being assassinated bobby kennedy um, being assassinated uh, the Black Panther salute at the Olympics, um, Vietnam, I can go on, all of these things. So they have images from there just kind of looking at. We've seen parts of the world in tears before, including your own country. And we've come through it stronger in some ways. And so that I found very uplifting and joyous to go see that exhibition at the Portrait Gallery.
0: And then finally, what would your advice be for people who like don't really know what to do for self-care, uh what would your advice be in terms of what they should do?
2: Masturbation and (laughs) Yes,
0: you're the first person to say that. Isn't that weird? (laughs) Why did no one else say that?
2: (laughs) because there's such a fucking stigma about sex in this country. It's so ridiculous. And I think that when we think about like care for ourselves and pleasure, the fact that you could ask that question to multiple people and say When you think of caring for yourself and pleasure, what's something that you could do? And the fact that we either wouldn't think of masturbation or think that that would be a bad thing to say is ridiculous. And so I think that that's good to give value to that and think that if you need pleasure in your life, by all means, go for it. Find ways to kind of like bring pleasure into your life. Too often we think of our sex lives as something that we do with someone else. Without realizing that we have our own sexual desires, things that we find kinky and fun that we want to do, um, fantasies that we might have, masturbating, touching ourselves in ways that feel good. And so I think there's so much of self-care that includes self-sexual care that we should be doing.
0: That is hands down my favorite answer. And it's so wild that it never occurred to me. You know, like, yes, of course that's the right answer. Of course Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know if it's that my previous guests think like, well, I'm on a podcast and if I said masturbation, that would be inappropriate. But yeah, it's it's very telling that you're the first person to say that. (laughs)
2: You know, and I give this example a lot when I talk about how dysfunctional our view of sex is in this country. If you were to talk to a friend and they say, hey, what did you do this weekend? And you're like, oh, my God, I caught up with friends that I hadn't seen in like 10 years. And we totally revert to how we were 10 years ago. And we got so drunk and acted so stupid. (laughs) And like all this shit happened, And one person we're not even sure if she got home, okay, and oh, my God, I got to remember to call her and all these things. So if you tell that funny that story, it's a funny story, it's all of these things. Rewind, and if that same friend asks you, what did you do this weekend? And you say, you know what? My partner and I just haven't been connecting. Like we're together, but we're not really there. And this past weekend we had sex and I just felt seen. I felt seen. I felt cared for. I felt cherished. I felt valued. I felt chosen. I felt selected. I felt just appreciated. And it was just beautiful. Oh, that's TMI, TMI, TMI. Right. And it's, what is it about our culture that the previous example is considered okay and totally health, healthy and fun, even if it includes alcohol abuse and or a friend being lost, uh, but if talk about <laughs> sexual health, that's somehow too much.
0: Yeah, part of my fear is that the reason people say TMI is because that many people are having bad sex and you know, discussing otherwise would make them self-reflect and would make them feel bad. So that's my fear that maybe it's like when they say TMI, it's sort of projection.
2: And that's totally one theory and that's totally plausible that that could be it. I think there's just so much uh, that leaves to be offered in our approaches to sex in this country. So that's certainly a valid theory. Another is that people don't really like talking about sex as a skill. We talk about like... uh, Handwriting, like you either can have messy handwriting or handwriting that's legible. You could be very good at cooking or not a very good cook. But if you talk about sex and wanting to up your game and have great skills in bed and things like that, that's just, it's like, what, are, what are you talking about? Why are we talking about <laughs> that, that we want to do? So I think we also don't talk about sex as something that we should actually approach as an activity. Yeah. That we're good at, that provides value, that's pleasurable, all of these kinds of things.
0: And that gets into very like gendered stuff, you know, like when the woman or I'm speaking in very heteronormative terms, but in the mindset of a, of a conservative Christian, you know, the woman being the receptacle, the man being like the driving force and not thinking about sex in terms of, you know, it could possibly be pleasurable for, for both people.
2: Yeah. Even the way we talk about it, like when we talk about in heteronormative terms and even that phrase, I always have a, there are tons of heterosexual people who are having sure. sex people of the same gender of themselves. But like, even if we talk about it in that terms, right? Like if a woman says, I got fucked last night, like the, even the way we talk about it, sex is something that happens mm-hmm. to us. We don't say I invaginated him last night. <laughs> so good. Right. It's like this passive thing that happens to us, which right. is
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. So, uh, yeah, guys, everybody uh, get out there and masturbate.
2: Go out there, fiddle the beans, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, just have a good fucking time.
0: I was about to, oh, by the way, thanks again to Twana. Uh, Please do go follow her on Twitter, at FunkyBrownChick. I started recording, and I was just making all kinds of apologies for the very loud sound that was coming from upstairs, and it just stopped. Hmm. yeah so guys it's that time in the episode let's all hold hands and cry here is your bad news well this is appropriate because we started the bad news section and the very loud noise started again yeah <laughs> Uh, So I apologize if you can hear that. Probably not. Whenever Uh, I tend to like apologize for stuff on the show about noises, people are like, we could not hear it.
1: But if you can hear it, (laughs) it's going to add a really sort of fun, like Christopher Nolan to uh, proceedings. So it seems seems correct. So, uh, where do I even want to
0: start? I guess let's talk about this op-ed in the New York Times. <gasps> written by, who knows, Mike Pence? mm mm-hmm. He's denied it. I don't know. He used a, what was the word that everybody? Lodestar. Lodestar which is a very Mike pence word to use. And he has used it before in other speeches, other writings, stuff like that. So a lot of people were like, mm is it Michael Pence? Who do you think it is?
1: Uh, I, you know what? I don't care. Yeah, I don't either. But I also think that like, when you add in that middle-aged men edited and almost certainly rewrote parts of this Mm op-ed and the fact that members of the administration have admitted to... mimicking trump Mm -hmm. in certain ways like writing tweets but mimicking spelling or uh capitalization errors to make it sound more authentic that there's a good chance that there was a number of there was some misdirection happening but you know yeah i just don't care because frankly like you're still a traitor and you're still a collaborator like and your whole thing where you're like, oh, well, we're still doing some good stuff. Like, no, you're not.
0: Yeah, so for anybody who hasn't
1: read the op-ed,
0: uh, the title is, I'm part of the resistance inside the Trump administration. And then the subheadline is, I work for the president, but like-minded colleagues and I have vowed to thwart parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. Which obviously uh, it falls in line with what Bob Woodward was saying mm-hmm. uh, in the excerpts of, of his upcoming book that have been published in The Washington Post, where there are like these insiders who are like working in their own small ways to thwart the most extreme aspects of, of Trump's behavior in like terms of wanting to do a first strike, a military strike on North Korea, stuff like that. But as as you just pointed out, Meredith, I'm like, fuck you. You are mm. working for this administration. You're a collaborator. Whatever you're trying to do to, like, ease your conscience right mm. now, like, is oh. not going to absolve oh. you.
1: But also, and I guess I do want to, exp- I think I can expand on that because there's, if you're going to be the person that decides to work in this administration, I'd, I would rather have you be the kind of person that thinks Okay, I care about these. I love these tax cuts and I hate poor people, but I don't think that we should be this racist about immigrants. Uh, I want you working against him. The thing I don't want you doing is trying to get adulation and credit for doing like what should be the bare minimum of ethics. And there is a real... like. I think there's a real bright line there because, like, if everybody in the Trump administration were, like, Stephen Miller, things would be a hell of a lot worse than they are right now. And we probably would be at war with North Korea. But you don't get to, like, you don't get to claim a part of the resistance by being a collaborator. Like, the people in Vichy, France, who, like, Oh my god, I'm just I'm going straight for the Nazis. But like the people people who were like collaborators in Vichy France, like they needed to survive and they probably did keep some things from being worse, but they were still bad. Yeah,
0: for sure. And I mean to present yourself as sort of being the as preventing extremist behavior when families are being torn apart. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're not doing anything. No, you're not. You're not not the hero you think you are. And if you're having a conscience, or a crisis of conscience right now, fucking leave. Resign and protest. Write this
1: op-ed, say, I tried, but fuck you, and then get fired. Don't don't say that don't stay anonymous because you think it's actually going to give you the space to make things better
0: for sure. And then I mean, to make, so I'm putting that in the bad news section. Cause I'm like, fuck you. You're a collaborator. And to see people sort of like freaking out where they're like this hero, I was like, this is just gross. I hate this story entirely. But then it got worse because Sarah Huckabee Sanders posted the New York Times phone number and then urged people a call to pressure the New York Times into revealing who wrote the op-ed which i mean the it just got even worse where it's like so now we have a spokesperson for the administration putting pressure on a newspaper to mm-hmm. reveal their sources where it's like where are all the first
1: amendment enthusiasts yep well you know you can say whatever you want until you i mean why do i even bother like yes of course they were they're upset about it and so now they're going to try and bully everyone because that's exactly how that's what this this administration believes in this is what their supporters believe in and like yeah you should be able to like do racist things and call people criminals and animals and indefinitely detain babies but as soon as somebody says i don't like this you're fucked right exactly and i think it's just because we live again
0: in the dumbest timeline it wasn't even the right phone number It was going to people who there were a bunch of different reporters like live tweeting, getting the phone calls. Yes. But I will say like the one silver lining in all of this was that they were overwhelmingly getting positive phone calls from people who were like, hey, you're doing great work. Keep the pressure on. Uh, don't cave to this radical administration, which I was like, at least that's good. These poor fucking reporters. Yeah. At least like people were saying nice things to them. Not everybody. I'm sure there were some very... Oh, sure.
1: But at least these people had a sense of humor about it because they understand that this is... It's a shitty situation to be in.
0: Exactly. So also in bad news... um, Let's talk about Brett Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Oh. uh, (sighs) So I think... One of the worst things c- to come out of the hearings so far And is there's when, a lot. And there's a lot. That's the thing. And I don't want to give the impression that I'm giving you a minute-by-minute minute <laughs> updated. Yeah. Um,
1: but, you know, so leading up to this, yeah. the, general, uh, the general bright spots or the highlights of it are Brett Kavanaugh has been exposed as lying about, like, under oath during these hearings about things that... Uh, our, you know, questions, whatever questions were asked. And we know this because uh, some people have either come out and spoken against him or, as in the case of Cory Booker, released emails that prove mm. that he had completely contradicted, like there, he had done things he right. said he hadn't done. So, yeah, that's like first thing the,
0: he yeah. perjured himself at least four times there was a bunch of stuff about um, abortion and affirmative action that he was not forthcoming about but the thing that really set off like
1: uh, correctly warning, set off huge alarm <laughs> signals,
0: bells yeah is when he called birth control and an, an abortion inducing drug during yep. confirmation hearings Which, A, is just medically inaccurate, but then B, is a huge dog whistle to anti-choicers. Yes,
1: because as uh, anyone who's been working in reproductive rights for the past 30 years could tell you, uh, one of the things, like, as there have been greater victories against uh, abortion, or, you know, victories against the fights against abortion rights... uh, they've moved the goalposts and have started attacking different you know it starts with the uh with RU486 which what is actually you know medication abortion suddenly any kind of uh, then the morning after pill which is also something that doesn't Cause an abortion, it simply prevents implantation, becomes an abortion pill, and now other forms of contraception, not just pills, but I think they've been attacking IUDs and uh, other sorts of, um, specifically IUDs. uh, But they are, you know, they've been moving it to say that all kinds of birth control are in fact killing babies, as opposed to preventing pregnancy. And and when you hear someone talk about that, they're uh, they're very clearly a hardliner.
0: For sure. And then, you know, I mean, for those of us who have been called hysterical for saying that Kavanaugh would would lead the abortion ban. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, this is more evidence of that. The fact that he thinks birth control is an abortion inducing drug. Is a huge warning yeah. sign. Yeah.
1: Well, that's also just goes further to say that like the dangerous parts of both Roe and like Roe is one thing, but then when you get to Casey, the other major case that's related to uh, abortion access that came down in the early '90s, um, you know, as soon as states can regulate these things, all you have to do, like, it's just going to become impossible for women to get, you know, access to basic healthcare. Uh so
0: speaking of um planned or we weren't talking about planned parenthood, but speaking of reproductive rights, um the Trump administration is now considering requests to defund Planned Parenthood in three states. Ooh. Ooh, so uh South Carolina <coughs> became the third state to request the defunding. Um What were the other two states? I don't know if this article says it, but maybe not. Uh, Yeah, and obviously this is a huge, huge deal because Planned Parenthood doesn't just do abortions. (laughs) They do a whole host, I mean, that is serious enough, right? If they only did abortions, this would be very, very serious, but they also do STI testings. They do cancer screenings. Yeah. There's a whole host of services they provide to uh, lower income uh, people who need medical uh, services. So this is going to affect, like, HIV testing and really, really harmfully impact communities. We've, like, we've seen rates of STIs <clears throat> and HIV go up in communities that had Planned Parenthood right. Well,
1: the... Um the AIDS outbreak in Indiana was because they closed the planned parenthood, wasn't it? I thought that was yes. the that yeah, was that a was a when yeah.
0: Mike Pence yeah. was being Vice considered. Vice President
1: Mike Pence, yes. former governor of Indiana, defunded Planned Parenthood.
0: Right. Oh, the other states were Texas and Tennessee. Okay. And I just um, saw that in
1: the so article. when planned parenthoods shut down, disease goes up because there are, because there's just no way to get the kind of care. Even basic preventive care like testing.
0: Right, and we know this for a fact. It's it's frustrating because, you know, I know the right isn't big on science, <laughs> but we have these very clear patterns where it's like, if you teach abstinence only, uh, rates of teen pregnancy and STIs go up. If you close down Planned Parenthood, rates of STI uh, STIs and HIV um, Rates go up, so we know this as a to be a fact. Yes, but those facts don't matter when dealing with the right because they're just like, but we don't care about those people. So nope. it's like, oh kidoki. <laughs> like if that's your answer, then yeah, I guess facts don't matter.
1: I don't know. I mean, I've I've heard that some Republicans believe the wages of sin is death. So maybe it's just like a different set of facts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where we're at right now, where we no longer live on the same planet.
1: Yeah, absolutely not. There's planet
0: conservative and planet liberal.
1: (laughs) And if you are unfortunate enough to live in a planet conservative area, the chances are your life is in danger. You are a
0: pregnant teen. um, If you're lucky, Mm -hmm. that's that's what's going on. Uh, not that there's you know anything wrong with if you're a young um, mom who has a kid you know no not We'd to shame people. We just
1: very much want anyone who has a child at any time to feel like they were able to make a fully yes. informed and supported decision to do that in a way that didn't feel right. coerced by any other. It individual. was your
0: choice. It wasn't just a fact of yeah. like oh I didn't have resources in my community so I guess I'm I'm stuck with yeah. this reality. And
1: we want you to have all the support you could possibly need once you. have have a kid so that yeah. you can live your best life uh in whatever way ha- like that exactly. looks like for you so, and that your kid is happy healthy and uh not going to be subject to any sort of bullshit because of you know potential poverty hell yeah um can I say some, just one more thing about yes. sort of it this is a little bit back to Kavanaugh but and I know it's very melodramatic white lady thing for me to say but you know I'm I'm in my mid-30s so I've can see the end like there's there's not it's not super far in the future when i will be able to say i don't have to worry about like childbearing so of course i love my iud thank god uh but hearing brett Kavanaugh talk like that and i i thought oh god and then i you know the um because, yeah, it it's just going to happen like this is I mean, I'm suddenly more afraid because I always had assumed that, yes, of course, I'm a white lady that lives in New York, so I'll probably always be OK. But, you know, if we're just going to go straight to the birth control part. Then there is a lot of shit coming.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's you being a
1: hysterical white lady. I think that's totally valid. So, uh, um,
0: guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all jump up and down. Here is your good news so uh Let's start with Twitter permanently banning Alex
1: Jones. Bye-bye,
0: Alex. Bye-bye. Finally, and all it took was him threatening
1: the founder of Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. It's not so fun when it happens to you, is it,
0: at Jack? Doesn't that suck? Uh, That's what the rest of us have been going through for like a decade. But uh, I guess that finally violated their abusive uh, behavior rule. And uh, they got rid of him, and it—you know—he was allowed to terrorize the the parents of dead children mm-hmm. for years, guys. He's been doing this since Sandy Hook. Mm-hmm. He was allowed to uh, launch wild conspiracy theories about, you know, Pizzagate, which led uh, a crazed armed man to go to a, a pizza restaurant mm-hmm. <laughs> and confront them about having. Um, child sex slaves in the basement of a pizza place that doesn't have a basement and had no idea what he was talking
1: about (laughs) it's like i'm sorry what
0: can you imagine just like not even having having that on your radar and someone walking in with a gun uh no that sounds like a literal nightmare
1: yeah yeah so
0: um good but why did it take so long
1: you know i'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say that you know the tech boy contrarianism might have led the people in charge to just not think so much about what they might, uh, you know, whether that's really that bad because they don't care. Yeah. So this
0: reminds me, guys, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Kilkenny. And if you sign up at the five dollar a month level or higher over there, you get to send questions that will answer on light trees and news. So this is sort of in a similar vein. Marrow, I'm going to say that's uh, your name, there's three R's, Marrow, I'm sorry if that's not right, M-Arrow, whatever. So they write, howdy, I had a free speech question. While I obviously think that garbage cans like Alex Jones should be no-platformed and the First Amendment does not mean that other people have to tolerate your hateful bullshit, I was wondering about the potential for these same measures to be turned against leftists and other such folks. I see folks like Glenn Greenwald tweet about it sometimes, and they raise good points about not trusting these big tech companies or the government to decide what kind of speech is protected and what kind isn't. But it always comes up in the context of the supporting the ACLU, defending Nazis, or objecting to Twitter, perma-banning Alex Jones, which don't sit right with me. I share those doubts, but also, no, Nazi speech should not be tolerated. Is this just one of those moments where you have to accept that there's no good answer and celebrate that another garbage person has been booted from his platform and fight to keep left leftists from getting the same?
1: Uh, you know, I'm just going to jump right in here and say that I think it's uh, I think that the, yeah, there's no real good answer here and celebrate is the, the right call, especially because the, first of all, at the moment, the fears about people from the left being booted off because of, overwhelming pressure have like are completely unfounded these are legitimate worries but there hasn't been a single leading left figure who has engaged in good faith like the problem is that people like alec jones and chuck johnson and milo were using like bright line hateful language and no of course we shouldn't trust the tech companies to decide these things but there are like to pretend like the First Amendment or the the norms don't, like some basic norms don't exist when we're talking about private companies like this. We should be thinking about how we got to a point where private companies suddenly became so powerful that we need them to be regulating or not regulating these spaces when, like, that's just absurd. Uh, Like, they shouldn't have that power, but like, while they do, I don't think it it is, dangerous to say that we need to let it remain a cesspool because we've seen that that only ends up driving the same like that means people self-select out of it and those are the people that under like re i guess conceivably we would be the ones worried about seeing get kicked off if suddenly the winds changed and that that's, really that's seems crappy. my whole thing
0: where like there's no equivalent to what alex jones is doing on the left mm-hmm. like maybe if there was someone at his level on the left who had left wing. I'm not saying that there's there aren't left wing conspiracy theories because certainly there yeah. are, but there's nothing on the level, nothing inciting the same level of violence like Alex Jones just openly threatened everyone where yeah. he's like, uh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be back. Like, yeah, I mean, this dude is just unhinged. Mm-hmm. And to give him such a prominent platform was really, really dangerous. It was really irresponsible. Um, and it just got to a point where Twitter couldn't justify yeah. it anymore well, and,
1: and honestly if these if pl- platforms like Twitter and Facebook Hal even Instagram had more investment in moderating and uh, upholding a certain level of I don't want to say civility because that's such a bullshit concept but if sure. they had been less tolerant of hatred and uh, and sexism racism, uh, misogyny uh, and hate speech like, before then the likelihood that people like this like people like alex jones would have the argument they have now wouldn't like we wouldn't have to worry about it because how much of a platform would he have if his if he and infowars had been kicked off after sandy hook trutherism rather than six years later
0: right uh also guys i think i just need to rename the good news section uh let's let allison be petty because this next story like is it good for all of humanity will it make the world a better place maybe not but it certainly made me laugh really hard uh jared kushner got locked out of a building and there is video footage of it and he uh i don't know if they locked him out deliberately or if it was a mistake but there's just footage of him being like guys hello Let me in. Hello? Mm -hmm. And it literally is from like Veep.
1: I know. I was going to say it's very reminiscent of that Far Side cartoon (laughs) where the kid's going into the such and such school for the gifted (laughs) and he's pushing when the door says pull. It's a great classic. (laughs) It's
0: a classic cartoon, guys. Um, So that literally uh, just made me laugh. Um, Also, this made me laugh. Ted Cruz is really, really worried about uh, Beto. Yeah. And uh, he decided to fear monger recently and I think tried to like, you know, uh, throw some red meat, <laughs> no pun intended for
1: you'll see why uh,
0: at his base because he warned that Democrats want to bring
1: tofu and dyed hair to Texas. And do I have some news for him about all of those blondes?
0: <laughs> no, those are natural. Everything's natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like if, Anyone should be pro die jobs. It should be uh Fox News viewers. Every single blonde on that channel dies oh, in there. Yeah. That shit is brassy. <laughs> I think he, he doesn't mean, like, um, all-American blonde. He means, like, scary platinum
1: oh, blonde. Oh, or he means, like, so he means, like, color color hair. Like, yes. you don't want any of those pink-haired right. lesbians running around. Sure,
0: yeah, unqualified pink-haired lesbians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he uh, he warned that, you know, people like um, like uh, uh, Beto want to turn the Lone Star State into a... Uh, They're going to invade with tofu, silicone, and dyed hair. Man, silicone too?
1: (laughs) Another thing. I hate to break it to him. Do you
0: watch Fox News? I don't. Come on. All I'm
1: thinking is like, man, have you been to a junior league meeting in (laughs) Fort Worth lately? My God. That's all it is. It is just dyed hair on top of silicone. Yeah, and if you think those ladies aren't eating tofu to keep their figures in between Pilates classes, you have got another thing coming.
0: Come on, just
1: raw tofu. They don't even fry it. Oh, my God, you guys.
0: Uh yeah, so I just like also feels like
1: a very outdated
0: line of attack.
1: Oh, it is. It's extremely like I haven't thought about California in those terms since maybe the early '90s. Like um, that Steve movie, Martin movie, L.A. Story. Mm-hmm. He uh, he dates a character played by Sarah Jessica Parker who goes by Sandy, and it's like S A N D E E, and there's a star <laughs> somewhere in there. Yeah, of course. Uh, there is. And yeah, she's very much like rollerblades and spandex and and health food and i think like yeah that's something like woody allen was making fun of that shit in the 70s so congratulations ted cruz you are as current as (laughs) an elderly sexual predator like i can't (laughs) even imagine people so he was speaking at a campaign rally in humble texas
0: okay so Uh let's just all keep that in mind but I have to think even in humble Texas, there were like a handful of people who were like, I don't know, man, that, that feels old, like yeah. old fashioned.
1: Like, I don't know. This is just like, is this what I'm really, <laughs> is what you're really worried about? But
0: yeah, especially with all of the problems in the world that you're afraid of tofu and dyed hair. Um... And Beto's like, hey, we're tearing families apart. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad. We should not do that.
1: He's like, I don't know. Will's like, I'll let everybody decide if they want tofu later, <laughs> but I'd like to make sure the children are with their parents.
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so what do we want to talk about? Mm, no, let's let's pause there for today. Is there anything else that you saw, overheard,
1: ate lately that um, – Made you happy? Ooh, uh, let's see something. Well, I introduced a friend of mine to the television show The Thick of It uh recently. That's Which one the is that? it's the one by uh, Armando Iannucci, the Veep creator that was yes. the predecessor, the, te- the British television predecessor to the movie In the Loop. Yes. Uh, so it's a biting and profane satire of the Blair era of politics. Okay, I got uh, that. And it, it's on Hulu and it's Peter Capaldi, otherwise known as the Twelfth doctor uh, coming in. He's thirteenth, whatever. The most recent doctor before we get the lady, and uh, but it's him in an earlier incarnation where he's just super intense and he swears at everyone in all kinds of ways, and to it's it. a level of creativity that has never ever been matched. <laughs> Uh, Have
0: you seen Succession yet?
1: I haven't. I'm... Writer uh,
0: of In the Loop.
1: Mm. Yeah. Oh, very cool. It's really good. Yeah. Like, Um, shockingly. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kieran Culkin,
0: what a gift. (laughs) He should win...
1: All of the awards. I was once at a birthday party for Kieran Culkin. It was super weird. Did you
0: like interact with him or was it a
1: big party? It was a pretty big party. It was at a terrible bar in the East Village. Uh, I think it was like bar none. I
0: feel like Kieran's one of those like New York based people who everyone has a Kieran
1: Culkin story. I think so. Uh, Yeah, he was definitely DJing a lot of like 80s like Mm -hmm. dance pop, like in, you know, dark gothy dance pop, like Depeche Mode and shit. And I remember doing a shot out of a test tube. That seems right. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it was a pretty fun party, but it was super weird. Yeah. Um, so, like yeah, anyway, I hear he plays a dirtbag, so.
0: Not just a dirtbag. It's like, uh, it, the writing is really next level. It's very, very good. Um, really interesting. Um, and, yeah, when I first heard, it, like, what it was about, I was sort of like, mm. Mm. I'm mentally doing the jerk-off motion, guys. That was my first reaction. When I heard, I was like, ah, uh, do I want to watch, like, a, a series about a family who owns a multinational media conglomerate? Like, who gives a shit, you know? Uh, but then I started to watch it. I was like, oh. Ooh. <laughs> Once I heard uh, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell produced it, that made me more interested. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, Adam is very political.
1: Yes. Super political. And, and he's has, come by his political consciousness very honestly and has been super open about yes. that. So I kind of, I really admire that about him.
0: He also, yeah, he, you know, it, it's harder and harder to say this about dudes in comedy, but he's a good guy. <laughs> you know? yeah. and I always feel like I have to put an asterisk next to that because I'm like, please don't do anything, dude. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but like he is, uh, you know, very uh, as woke as a like a white cis Mm -hmm. guy uh comedian can be
1: from what i remember he didn't actually have to be told ahead of time (laughs) to try and make uh to try and create parody within his like studios in terms of hiring and production so yeah you know that in itself is like oh you didn't need the hint we have set a very low bar guys so i mean the bar is like buried
0: six feet deep yeah so guys please follow meredith on uh, twitter meredith l clark please follow twana hines at funky brown chick go to lighttreason.news smash that donate button to keep us going guys thanks so much for listening and while you're at it get out there and cause a little trouble